0: You are listening to Words of Jen, where I read to you one piece of my writing in each and every episode. This is Jen, and you are listening to Words of Jen, episode number 81. This one is titled Camp, and that will make sense soon. This episode is part of the 1997 series that I'm doing in which I read to you pieces from a handwritten journal that I was required to write in 1997 when I was going through student teaching. In addition, the episodes of this 1997 series, so far at least, are part of NAPOD POMO 2021 where the goal is to produce and release into the world a podcast every single day during the month of November. I don't know if the journal that I'm reading will make it through the month but if not I'll figure something else out for that. So let's just get started with camp. Now it may sound strange that I'm suddenly talking about a camp instead of a classroom but it will make sense as I go on. In short, one group of 6th graders I believe. I'll see if I'm right when I get into this journal a little more, was able to go to, I think it was a three-day camp at a local campground that wasn't too terribly far away from where the schools were located, and they got to stay there for three days. Most of the focus of the camp was being outside in nature, and the camp itself was one that had that that had that whole focus set up for kids that were in about sixth grade now there were adults that came with I can't remember if Mr. D the teacher I was working under for the elementary school part of student teaching was there all three days or just one day or how that worked exactly but It was really interesting in a number of levels, and I should clarify that sixth grade is kids that are about, let's see, maybe 11 or 12, something like that, maybe turning 12, and it can be, in some parts of the United States, part of an elementary school, or that age group, that same age group, could be part of a middle school. These kids were from... An elementary school. They were the oldest kids in the elementary school and they got to do this cool thing that none of the sixth graders in the other two schools I was teaching at got to do. And I don't actually know why, but in any case, I'll tell you how it went right now. Thursday, September 19th, 1997. Camp day. Fun, fun, fun. I'm so glad I went to this. And I wrote I drew a huge smiley face with three exclamation points. I think uh you know, 1997 didn't really have emojis yet, so I couldn't you know, type this into a computer and put emojis or anything. I had to draw them myself, and so that's what I was doing. What got done today? Two art lessons. Each was around 2 hours long and involved many different activities. All the activities were done outdoors, and all were nature-slash-ecology-oriented. Other non-art activities, meals, hikes, etc., details in the binder. The binder I'm talking about is a three-ring binder that we had to stuff things into in order to show whoever our professor was from the university that we were actually doing student teaching. So this involved taking pictures of kids' artwork, writing lesson plans and putting those in there, putting whatever evaluations you got from the teacher you were working under in there, if you chose to do so, writing this journal that I'm reading to you and a bunch of other things that were just required. And the goal was to just stuff it full of things. So you looked competent, which if you were even, you know, fairly confident or pretty good at, at at teaching at that point, you'd probably pass. That was the goal, but the thing is, one wrong opinion from a professor, one day a professor was having a bad day could screw it up for everyone, so you you filled it with everything. Actually, before I get into the next part, I want to back up a little bit here. I remember distinctly one of the activities that they had to do was they got partners. And these kids all knew each other. They were all from the same school. So they got partners and they were outside. There was an area with logs in sort of a circular area with like mostly gravel in that spot. And that's where the lessons were introduced. And the lesson they had to do was you had a partner. You put a blindfold on your partner. Your partner reached out their hand and you guided that partner to any tree within, you know, reasonable distance from where this whole lesson plan took place and you put your partner's hand on the tree. Okay, so now they're touching the tree and it's the trunk of the tree for the most part, although you could I think some kids did bring them to smaller trees to have them kind of figure out, you know what am I what am I touching, what is this here and They weren't allowed to give any clues to the person that was blindfolded, and then they would guide them back to where they were sitting, help them sit down, remove the blindfold, and repeat the process with the other student. And in between, uh, shifting from one to the other, the student who was the guide had to ask the student that they guided to a particular tree, can you find your tree? And they'd try to, but uh, not all of them got it. Some of them were pretty close. Some of them got it. Uh, It was very few of them could pick out their tree based on what they were touching. And this seemed to make the sixth graders really excited because it was new. It was a new way to do sensory type of things. And it was a really good way to get them literally in touch with nature. So that worked out pretty well. So I'll move on to the next part of this journal now. Reflection. I think this group... The 6th graders from M school are an excellent group of kids. They were really no problems other than some concerned about if they needed a date for the hoedown, and if so, just who that would be. The hoedown was the biggest drama that occurred for this entire three days. I was only there for one day for the Thursday, but these kids, I don't know what they did the first day. I do know that there were dorms and they were separated by gender. So all the girls were in one, all the boys were in the other. And they had, I think they had two kids to dorm room and that's just how it worked out. There were adults, like I said, that were, you know, monitoring things as well. Some of them were parents of some of the kids. I think, I know Mr. D was there for part of the day, but I don't know. I can't remember now if he stayed there for the three days or not. So at some point, these kids were, um, they were very excited about everything. They were excited to be outside. It was a really nice day in the Midwest in September, which it could have been terribly cold and it wasn't. It was like summery or kind of spring-like that day and it didn't rain or anything while I was there at the very least. Now, sometime in the beginning of the day, they were fed. So we were in like a cafeteria type thing. And this is when the people in charge of the camp were saying, okay, here's the plans for today. And one of the things they said was we're going to have a hoedown. And all the kids went, what's a hoedown? So somebody explained that it was like a dance. You know, you you have music and there's, there's a dance going on and you can participate in that and it'll be really fun. But these were sixth graders and this was getting towards like the middle, I guess, of the school year almost. You know, I mean, if you start in August, this is, they're getting older and they're starting to have hormones and be attracted to each other and things like that which is typical of kids about, you know, at that age and at that stage of development. And for some reason, the minute they found out that there was going to be a dance, they were all obsessed about who they were going to bring as their, quote, date to the dance. They didn't use date I don't think they used that word exactly, but they wanted to ask someone to be kind of their date. I don't know if they used that word yet because they were kind of, in their sixth graders. They didn't know what they were doing yet, but it became a thing. And as we walked them from one uh, art event to another and to get lunch and all of this sort of stuff, it got worse and worse and worse. The boys were mostly kind of not real interested in asking any of the girls to be their date to the hoedown, which they didn't even really know for sure what it was, other than it was a dance. And the girls started getting really emotionally upset, because some of them had in mind which boy they hoped would ask them to be their partner for the hoedown, and then they'd obsess and worry about whether or not that was actually going to happen, and what if they picked someone else. And there were arguments over who should go with who, and it just... railed everybody's mood from that point on. So, I'm going to guess, I have no proof of this, but I'm going to guess that they didn't do a hoedown uh years later after, you know, if they ever brought another group back here and I don't know if they even did the dance. I think they canceled it just to stop all the drama. It was it was a thing. It was 6th grade, you know. And these were the good kids. <laughs> these were the kids that were excited to be there and learning art outside and things like that. I had some of the students tell me that I was pretty and, quote, so nice to be around. That really made my day. I was unsure how I related to the sixth graders, since they are the age group that I have the least experience with. I'm so glad that this is working. I was concerned that I would either come across as treating them like babies or else come across as treating them too old. I'm glad neither is the case. I think I started a teacher-student bond with some of them, especially the one I sat with while she was sick. This will help us all work together during the rest of my teaching here. The girl that got sick, she was very emotional about this whole hoedown thing and who her partner would be and who she hoped it would be and all of that, and it just... She kind of held all of that in for as long as she could. She believed that uh, because she was tall, no, none of the boys would want to dance with her, which just kind of blew my mind. It's like, are you kidding me? You know. So she went back to her dorm, and then they were supposed to come down for lunch or something like that, and she didn't go. So I remember Mr. D said, could you go talk to her because I can't go in there, but you can because you're a girl. I'm like, okay hadn't figured out I was non-binary yet at that point so it didn't seem weird then but boy does this all seem weird right now as I go over this journal. In any case I went up and knocked on her dorm door and she opened it and I stood in the doorway and I'm like, how are you? What's going on? And did like the replacement mom kind of thing you know, to try to calm her down and help her understand that you know, this whole thing today seems like a bunch of drama and and really important and very emotional, but you are going to forget about this entirely sooner than you think. There'll be other dances as you get older. It'll be fine. And eventually she calmed down and let me walk with her to the cafeteria so she could eat with everybody else. That was that was the one that got sick. It was more of an emotional thing than a physical thing. And, and uh, it was at camp, and I really wasn't expecting to you know, essentially function as a mom (laughs) at the time. (laughs) But that's what I did, and it worked out. So here's, um, oh, in addition, you know, since these kids were at a camp and they had their regular art teacher there with them and they had other people's moms and stuff there, uh, actual moms, (laughs) and, you know, I was there. I believe that because of this, these kids would see me as... Oh, we like this teacher. This teacher likes us. And that was true. I liked this group. So I thought that would help with at least one sixth grade class where I could feel confident that we're all in this together. And they kind of got that later on. They, They did really well the rest of the time I was teaching for that school. Mr. D. was telling me that many of the students were asking him where I was the previous night. They go Wednesday night and stay till Friday. They were also telling him that I was pretty and nice to be around. He told them that they should be telling me that, not him. I said that some did, and he was glad that they did. He also relayed to me that some of the teachers said that I was, quote, very competent for a student teacher, end quote, and that I, quote, always seemed so calm, end quote. I'm very glad that I am being perceived as competent and calm. It helps me to know I'm doing a good job. I noticed that getting the kids in the right frame of mind for the art lesson was enhanced by having me read the story to them first. Some of them in each group actually applauded when the story was over. I want to remember this. And someday, when I have my own classroom, okay, or at least my own art teaching position, and when it seems appropriate to use story reading as a motivating factor. Since I came here, I have been told that I read very well. This will help in the future if I keep reading, and I probably will. I'm very glad I went to camp. But with the book, I think it was something that Mr. D usually read to them right before doing a particular art lesson and I don't recall what that lesson was in particular. I don't remember the book. It was written it was a children's book with pictures and it had really nice detailed artwork and I just I hadn't read the book before. I didn't know the author. I didn't know anything about it. And I just started reading. And I'm holding up the book to them so that they can see the pictures. And I'm like moving it around so that, you know, kids on either side of the circle could see what was happening. And they were just silent the whole time. And I'm like, oh God, they're bored. And then when I got to the end, they applauded. They were really excited about that. And that was the moment I realized that perhaps, instead of being a teacher maybe I should be like you know someone who does something with books there were these little clues that maybe this wasn't the right path for me entirely but at the time my thought was well I've read books to kids forever I've been doing daycare for a very long time and I used to do voices if there were characters to have voices and the kids really seemed to like it so there was something about that that I thought I need to remember that and hang on to it for the future (laughs) and that's where I'm going to end this episode